AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Robbo AgriFinance. As a leading financial services provider in the United States, Robbo AgriFinance adds value using industry expertise, client-focused solutions, and by creating long-term business relationships. Robbo AgriFinance offers a comprehensive portfolio of services that give producers and agribusinesses the right products to prepare for and take advantage of market opportunities. This comprehensive suite of services includes loans, insurance, middle market, input financing, and effective risk management products. Robbo AgriFinance is a division of Rabobank, the premier bank to the global agricultural industry and one of the world's largest and safest banks. For more information, contact Robbo AgriFinance at 855-722-7766 or visit them online at RobboAg.com. This week's guest on AgriPulse Open Bike is Dr. Keith Collins, retired chief economist from the U.S. Department of Agriculture and now a consultant with the crop insurance industry. Pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Ken. It's a pleasure to see you again. Why did you choose the crop insurance industry to uh, place your expertise? Well, two primary reasons. Uh, first of all, I, I was the chairman of the board of the Federal Crop Insurance Corporation for seven years when I was at USDA. I started in 2000 uh, when we had uh, uh, a couple of hundred million acres uh, insured, and I watched that program grow dramatically in the 2000s. And when I left USDA, I looked out at the landscape, and it seemed apparent to me that crop insurance was going to be the most important and most powerful program to help the financial security of American agriculture. So I decided to go in that direction. Well, crop insurance had a long route to get to the point that farmers saw it as of great value because it appeared to me Congress kept undercutting it with disaster programs that in themselves didn't really serve anybody but themselves. This is absolutely true. We had standing disaster programs in the 1970s. We had ad hoc disaster programs from the 1930s. Uh, On top of that, we also had traditional price and income support programs that at times were highly remunerative, and when farmers were protected by those programs, plus standing disaster, plus ad hoc disaster, Mm -hmm. there wasn't a big need for crop insurance for a lot of farmers. At least that's the way they saw it. Now we're in a period that farmers and farm organizations say if there's only one thing they could have from the federal government, it would be crop insurance. But at the same time, there are people who say that it's too highly subsidized by the government. Where do you stand? Well, I'm an economist. And and economists always start with a first principle, that the market is right and the market ought to solve problems, and the government shouldn't step in unless the market can't do the job. Uh, But as I, I look out at our economy in the role of government. You know, I see that the government performs three primary functions. One is national defense. Another is to help needy people, people who can't help themselves. And the third is to provide goods and services that create jobs, to create growth, that improve the prosperity of Americans. And, and that's where agriculture comes in. The government supports health care. The government supports energy. Uh, the government supports housing. The government supports critical sectors for which there's a public interest, and agriculture is one of those sectors. Uh, And within agriculture, what is the primary safety net for farmers? It's crop insurance. So I don't think there's any question that there's a public interest in having taxpayer support crop insurance 
in the financial security of American agriculture. The big question is, what's the right level of subsidy? That's a very hard question to answer. Crop insurance today has to cover all crops all across the country. There are some farmers in the Midwest say, you know, it would be better if uh, it just was market-driven because we'd still be fine. But for the government to continue its function, is there any way that you could still get coverage across the country without having some level of subsidization? Well, that's an issue that is being debated right now. It's been debated in the past. And, and, and the, the answer is clear from the past. Uh, in in uh, 1981, when the program first began, if you look at 75% coverage, the premium subsidy was 17%. Government paid 17% of the premium. You go to today, 2013, 75% coverage, government pays 80%. We've gone from 17% to 80%. So the answer, historically, has been Congress has said we're willing to put more money in to get farmers to buy crop insurance so that we can cover the acreage that needs to be covered in the United States to avoid ad hoc disaster assistance and financial disruption. We're at a point now where it seems we're not going any higher on subsidies because of tremendous budget deficits and all the problems we face financially as a country. So where do we go from here? And that's the debate that's going on right now. Do we, do we lower subsidies altogether? Do we hold the line on subsidies and, and not increase them anymore? Do we target them in some way? All of these things have pluses and minuses, particularly the targeting issue, where we start taking subsidies away from some people but not others. Then it's not a crop insurance program anymore. It's becoming a social program, yeah. and it has implications for who participates in the risk pool of, of, of those who are being insured. Last thing, and that is the crop insurance companies themselves. There are only about 15 or 16 that are involved in this. Their financial health, is it still good enough for them to stay in the game? Yeah, this, this is a really important question. Uh, we have never seen a year like 2012 before. $17.4 billion in losses paid. The companies bore $1.3 billion in losses themselves. Those were their underwriting losses. They have two primary forms of revenue. The delivery payment that the government makes them, which is about $1.3 billion a year, in their underwriting gains, which last year were a negative $1.3 billion. Yeah. So their total revenue was zero. Zero dollars total revenue in 2012. Since 1981, since the program began, we've had six years when the companies lost money. Nothing like 2012. Amazingly, we stand here today, and no company has gone out of business as a result of zero revenue in 2012. Now part of that, a big part of that is because of the financial backing that companies get, not just from the government. I mean the 1.3 billion is losses after the government's provided its reinsurance, but they go to the private market and get an additional reinsurance. Now, you look down the road, their reinsurance rates are going to go up when you have a loss like this. They're going to pay more. But as we look at the situation right now, the industry appears to be stable, and have gotten through 2012 on, on solid footing. We just hope that we don't have another year like that anytime too soon. Dr. Keith Collins, who is a former chief economist for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, now working with the crop insurance industry. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, Ken. A real pleasure. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by Robo AgriFinance. Visit them online at RoboAg.com. I'm Ken Root.